I am Andrew Markle. I'm 5'8". I'm 6'1 in high heels and constantly cast as a geek, homosexual, or both. Brilliant. I think you got the part. (laughs) Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to the Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I am Jim Short. Jim, we've been like running around trying to get people in the building, trying to get um, guitars to new wave bands. Try to decide whether my hair is too dirty or clean. There's so many issues that go into a day of podcasting and comedy shows. It gets crazy, but... And then all your your benefit work and your charity work of giving instruments to musicians. Well, I... You have a group of musicians who had all their gear stolen and you've offered them one of your fine instruments and now the thing is in limbo. Yes. Because your good deed is out there. It, you've done it. You've, still, you've been brilliant. You've been all Live Aid. <laughs> you've, you've fed the world with instruments. And yes. yet they haven't been received. So, you've, so you've, yeah. you're getting phone calls. You're trying to coordinate that behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Well, yes. We're still podcasting. And then we've got a comedy show to go do tonight. Yeah. And also it's like my hair is greasy on the top at the roots. And I know that. Did you just wash the roots? No, I just I Did just you kinda, wear a hat. I could wear a hat. I should wear a hat, but I just kind of wet down my bangs just to, so that it wouldn't look so greasy. But, um, you know, I, I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look like this no matter what I do. So I just have to I just have to like you know how Bob Geldof always sort of looked like you know that that's what I have to look like because Bob Bob Geldof was like my my um, style hero. Yeah, he's like my style guru. Bob Geldof looks like he—he he always looks like he just woke up mm-hmm. and crawled out of bed. Mm-hmm. Hang on, let me uh, let me get out of bed and uh, f- and save the world. Because he was really tired. He's really tired. He's really tired. He's like a he's like the David Scullion of rock and roll. People don't <laughs> know who that is because he's a he's a, a, a an Irish comic we met in in Melbourne. Who was very late back in Irish and but that's it. Bob, Bob Geldof. He was but really that's tired. That's it. Bob Geldof. Tired. Bob Dylan. All those people are a bit sort of like... They're uh, doing other things. So but, that's they all, but they always look like, well, there isn't time for me to brush my hair. Yeah. Because I get so much shit to do. And I sent my hairbrush back in the boxes yesterday. So there's <laughs> a lot all, of things that You sent your hairbrush back? I yeah. Have a, have a comb if you need it. I, I think I'm okay. I mean, obviously, um, my hair, it, nothing's going to help. And, it, you know, I did my part. This is what happened, our, Andrew. Are we have our guest today. Our, Let's introduce our uh, guest. Our guest, a lovely Andrew Markle. Hey. Very funny comedian from Atlanta, here in yes. Atlanta. Here in Atlanta. And so, so this is what happened. This is what I've been doing. This is this week for me. Okay, me. I don't know if you know this. You may be too young. There's a band called The Flock of Seagulls. And they are responsible and for... And I ran. I ran. And, I've played um, Grand Theft Auto. It's in the, it's in the oh. soundtrack. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. They, have a lot of, they have a lot of songs out there. Um, my favorite song is a Space Age love song. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, a beautiful, beautiful song. And um, so anyway, they had their gear stolen out of their van, uh, all their gear and 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 the hard drive with all their new songs on it. Oh, no. And it's terrible. And uh, so they were able to recover their van. But there's the still the gear is gone and the gear is priceless because it's like it's iconic. You know, it's iconic. And, and, you know, also the the thing about it is that they don't have the money to buy all that again. All that's expensive. And they're out there. They're a working band. They're on the road. They're doing shows. And so I, I decided to give them my guitar. I have a Roland guitar, which I don't play, but is something that can be used to play because uh, they use Roland keyboards. And so I talked to Mike Score, who's the lead singer of that band, and, and, and uh, he and I have been talking all week, and I had it FedExed on Tuesday. Um, but it went to the wrong place, and that it wasn't that wrong. It went to the right place, but it was that the wrong um, something. Anyway, it was FedEx attempted to deliver it three times, and they couldn't go through. And then um, their show is today, unfortunately, oh no. in Long Beach. And so they they they're not going to get it after all these calls and all these things. Um, that's that's sad. It's sad, and 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 Mike was just sorely disappointed, and it was so exciting when we were making the plans to get, and he was like, "It's gonna be like like Christmas, you know." And it was so it was so lovely that somebody appreciated the gesture of getting a key, and I had a keytar to give, so it was all like mm-hmm. I felt good about myself, right? You know that I could participate and help him out, you know, and and he was really grateful for it. But then you know after all that, it didn't get uh, 
sent. And so and now I'm going to get it back to my house in Los Angeles and I'll send it to his home. But uh, he just sent me his home address. But he was just like, I'm sad that I, I don't get to play it now because I was really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's so disappointing. Yeah. Well I, well, I just have one message for them because they lost it. I mean, uh, could you imagine working on an album and then the whole thing gets nicked off your hard drive Terrible. on the computer? Flock of Seagulls needs to back up Seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> An external hard drive, make a copy, back back everything. It's so they important. They need to be in the cloud. It's so important. They need to be they in, need the, in the, the cloud. cloud. <laughs> but that's the worst part of the theft is that somebody took that hard drive. You know, I mean, it's like one thing, the gear is definitely priceless, but the the idea of somebody's new songs, that's really, uh, that's really terrible. And that, that that's... I mean, the, the thieves have to be apprehended. They have to get, get it back. I don't know what's going to happen. I could only equate that to, like, my comedy, like, joke book being stolen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. would be... Because mm-hmm. I always keep a backpack, and usually, you know, living in Atlanta, there's some nice places, and there's some not-so-nice places, and I've had my window smashed and stuff mm-hmm. taken out of my vehicle, and I could just... Mm-hmm. I think that would... I always take it with me. Yeah, it's yeah. Always, with me or not in my vehicle or something. Well, it's very crushing to have um, stuff stolen. And, um, but when it's work like that, and I mean, in a sense, music is a little bit more uh, uh, effort because um, you have to build the tracks and stuff and it takes studio time and it takes musicians and it takes get the recording and it's that exact take and it's so comedy. It's like, it's ideas and jokes that we will reperform again. You know, it is one track essentially. Right. But with music, there are several things involved, several factors that are hard to recreate, several um, things that are costs to the musician. And, you know, it's just a lot of thing. That's things like, like, that's when, um, you know, whenever, uh, I I don't know, I was talking to Ani DeFranco about this, but she was like, if there was a fire in her, she was talking about her home in New Orleans, the first thing that she would grab would be her child. And then the second thing would be the hard drives. Oh, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'll so grab the kids. That happened to Butch Walker not too drives. terribly long ago. Oh, really? What happened? I believe, like, it was a couple years ago. I think his home burned. He oh. lost like a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. And it was just awful. Yeah, because it's it's like you can't uh, recapture that moment in time. Um, sometimes in the recording process, it, it is so many factors, and and that right take, whether it's vocal take or an instrumental take, you just never know if you can get it again. And so, um, hopefully, the they flock can, of seagulls will get it, it back. I want to yeah. see that fire drill uh, at Annie DeFranco's house. <laughs> now that the kids are a bit older, she's got him like, you grab that hard drive, <laughs> you grab that one. <laughs> It's very. She's blowing a whistle. Like, let's it's see how really, quickly we can get out of here. It's like really organized. Like she's having a bit like wrap the bag. <laughs> Everyone has a job. There's a list on the fridge. Very, very organized. <laughs> um, yeah, that that their house uh, makes me nervous because it's filled with priceless instruments and gear and hard drives and because she's such an amazing artist and everything she touches is like worth. It. Just it's it's like priceless. So I mean, it's like I'm like, how do these people live with themselves? They're so valuable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like even at the like in Dave Grohl's, um, they had the Foo Fighters have a huge complex, and um, the toilet is a guitar. What the the toilet the back? I shit you not. <laughs> I shit you not. <laughs> the toilet is a the back of it is like a sound hole with a guitar and like a, a sound and a pick guard and strings. And then, so if you lean back, you would feel like the strings on your back. It's a guitar. It's a fucking guitar. <laughs> You'd crazy. think it would be a drum kit. <laughs> like you would sit down and then like these drums would, and you could just sit there. And that would make more sense. Flush. <laughs> that would make more sense. But it's, it's, it's that's a That's pretty cool though. But it's that's so cool. dedicated to music. But everything, everything in there is so valuable and it, you know, it's just all their, their, their expensive, expensive guitars and, and, and portraits and, and uh, uh, photographs by Bob Gruen and you know, all sorts of posters and um, you know, all their gear. It's just like you kind of walk in and it's like, oh, this is, this is really, this is like much more than any kind of like lifestyles of the rich and famous. That's where I'm impressed is when it's rock and roll gear. Mm-hmm. It's almost you like know. a museum. Yeah, it is a museum. It is. Well, that's where they, they made the film Sound Sound City. They have the I think they have a Nev console, which is the, one of those soundboards that are very very um. This is a very big deal if you have a studio if you have a Nev 
uh, uh, Sonic Ranch, where I did my last record, has two of them. So that uh, I think uh, uh, John Bryan has one that uh, doesn't work. John Bryan has one that was uh, used in Abbey Road that he paid to bring all the way over to Los Angeles wow. from London, and wow. he can't figure out how to plug it in. He doesn't know what chords. <laughs> it costs millions of dollars. Probably get an adapter. <laughs> but he's like, I don't... It's like a European style outlet. Like, yeah, so he doesn't really know how to do it, so he just puts coffee on it. It's wow. just like the thing that you put coffee and drinks on. But they're like analog consoles, mm-hmm. right? They're analog wow. consoles, and they're very uh, rare. Um, the one that I recorded on in the Sonic Ranch, the Nev console there, uh, was the same one used to record Madonna's Holiday. So it's got a pedigree. <laughs> wow. I don't know how impressed I am about that. But I mean, it's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. good. It's I don't Madonna. know. Well, it's Madonna. She's all right. She. I like Madonna. Do you like Madonna? I do like Madonna. Mm-hmm. I'm not like you know, like gay people have to like Madonna. It seems almost like it's a thing. Well, there's a there's this also a side of gay people who don't. I mean, I'm not like a super fan, but no. I mean, I can I can enjoy some Madonna. I like Madonna. Do you like Madonna? Yeah. I think Madonna has done so much for the gay community and I think she's really um, forged uh, that sort of idea as artist, as activist. I think she helped countless people with AIDS. I mean, she, the, the way that she raised money for AIDS and you know, she really tirelessly worked for that disease and to obliterate a, a lot of the ignorance around it. Um, when nobody else... Nobody else. Of that statue was doing anything. So she really is somebody that should be recognized for that. I mean, for all that work. But, you know, in in terms of listening to her music, I can't say that I'd do it. Yeah, she's not really on my iPod right now, I would say. Would that be generational? I think maybe. You're quite young. I'm I'm 25. I just turned 25 in June. So, baby. Um, Little baby. So you weren't even potentially even born in her beginning days That's no so, not that so wild can. right so Recollect. you were you yeah yeah you were not a you were not alive yet during holiday what was the first one i heard of hers was because i remember cindy Lauper was was huge mm-hmm. and then the madonna like the first thing i heard from madonna was maybe because this is mtv days right was well, it this, lucky is star? Would, this is when you would yeah probably lucky star maybe borderline and then material girl Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked Material Girl. Yeah, that's a pretty good song. Was it the mater- or a Material World? Which one is it? Live. Living, living in, in the, the material, material World. Material. That was the big one. Yeah. That I really remember going really big. And then it yeah. just was, then it was Madonna. Then it was gigantic. Such a huge star. And then Like a Virgin. And I mean, all those, all those records are certainly affixed to the time. I just, you know, now, like they don't. It is generational though, because yeah. that was our. High school, for us, yeah, that's Margaret sure. and I have been at the same high general school. age. That's high school age. And I'm familiar with the yeah. songs, but just not really, I guess, the cultural impact maybe that was happening so along huge. the time. I mean, because she was so uh, about being queer and about being positive and about loving yourself and loving And being naked. And being naked. She's naked <laughs> all the time. She's naked all the time. But she was also a fag hag. She also brought that into a vogue, like, in vogue. But she made fags feel so hagged mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's beautiful. You know, she really brought this idea of loving the gay man into a kind of um, chic, which was really tremendous. You know, she really was the best PR person for gay friendship. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. Who was she hanging about with? Um, she had always had a long time... Um, long time sort of big big relationship with her dance teacher who had died i think his name was christopher and he had died of aids and that he was the one who sort of believed in her since she was a child and mm-hmm. championed her as kind of because she was you know a, in a big family so she didn't get a lot of attention so he was like the one that was taking her to detroit and to philadelphia and taking her to clubs and and, and you know sort of th- and that's what i mean when you know i talk in my show about the best relationship is an old gay man and a little girl mm-hmm and that is true of myself and it true of Madonna also she had that with this guy who would just like show her around and he was like um sort of her champion and then i think that's sort of what devoted her to uh this life lifelong aids activism um and uh you know uh, kind of made her who she is so that was her main 
gay, I think, was that guy. And then I think later on, I don't know who she, Rupert Everett, he was sort of around. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they had that movie, that wonderful movie that we love to watch. Oh, well. <laughs> the, whatever that movie was. Did they the have next a kid next together thing? or something? Or? They were like, um, t- they have a baby together. <laughs> and the next best thing. Did you ever hear about that? I've never. Oh, it's a movie where Madonna is like a yoga instructor and she has a baby with her best uh, friend who is gay man. Okay. And then they raise the child. That that's the movie, um, but I I think she just did the movie so that she could do yoga and you know while they were shooting. <laughs> it, was <just> an excuse. <laughs> it was just an excuse to work out because in the movie there's these really long sequences of her just doing yoga. Oh yeah, because she's a yoga teacher, and I'm just this is fucking bullshit. You just wanted to work out. <laughs> this was on break, and they just filmed it. Yeah, so <laughs> they're just she's just doing a handstand, and just you know, it's like please, do you just want to work out? It's so weird. It's like give it a rest, girl. <laughs> but she is really think about think about like how phenomenal. Like I don't know if you remember this too, because you you're definitely a different generation than us. But like the sex book, remember the sex book? Yeah, and how racy. That shit is. I mean, even now, if you put out a book of of sexually suggestive photos and that much nudity, nobody's going to put out a picture. I mean, somebody might take a picture of themselves naked and put it on, like Geraldo Rivera, Geraldo <laughs> Rivera with his fucking with his towel down, <laughs> basically the shaft of his dick, oh. with his no pubes oh, mustache. Honey. He just <laughs> to show no country for old men and no pubes, honey. <laughs> Take the, it back. The, the, the stash doesn't match the drapes. No. Oh, hey. <laughs> Why, he was 70 years old and he felt like he had to put up a, you know, put up a selfie, fine, but don't, you put, up, put your pants on, put some drawers so on your shirt. It's like, I'm glad. I'm glad Peter Jennings is not alive to see that. (laughs) (laughs) I I I just think it's just so weird that Madonna put out this book that was so sexually explicit. Because it came out like you came out. Was it 1992, 92 or 91? 90, 91, 92, somewhere in that time period. Yes. And it was this huge book, and then it came out in like a mylar wrapper, so it was looked like a giant pop tart. So it was like a coffee table book. And it was a coffee table book. And it was, it was photographs of Madonna and, and doing very sexually explicit things. And there's, um, there's a guy, actually, that I was going to be in a band with that worked on um, our, my TV show here, Drop Dead Diva. Um, he and I still talk about doing music sometimes. And he uh, supposedly had sex with her. But he's the guy in it that has the long hair. He's like beautiful, looks like a girl. Um, and he was in a casting call. And she sort of plucked him out. And she was like, hey, you... Yeah. I'm fucking you. And she like sort of, you know, carted him aside and then they, they, they ended up having this affair, which is crazy. I think it's, I'm like, that's what insane. The, what the fuck? But he, he's, he's really cool, but he's a beautiful, beautiful guy. But I, I'm like, what do you mean that you fucked me down? Like I had known him for like a couple of years and then he was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know like, her. By the way. And he that, was like, That yeah. wasn't like the first thing he said. No, no. It took me a while to get it out of him, and I could not believe that he didn't tell me right away. I was, I was like, like, why didn't you tell me when we first met if I had known that you fucked Madonna when we first met? It would have been all different. No, he's nice. <laughs> oh, he's nice. Wild, but that's going to be a hell of a story. I mean, if you fuck Madonna. Three years into it, like, oh, did I ever tell you about the time I fucked Madonna? Like, No, that should have yeah. been the first thing that came out of your mouth. That's a pretty big name drop to begin with, let yeah. alone like you fucked Madonna. I mean, well, really? like I hung out with Madonna. It's a pretty good story, but you fu- and you're in the sex book. <laughs> I mean, I would be impressed with crazy. like hand stuff, but let alone it's like you like. Fuck. He fucked Madonna, and uh, he's in the sex book, and I remember the page he's in. Um, and he sent me actually the page that he's in. So, uh, but and he's a really good musician. So we're gonna play sometime. But he's uh, uh, he's in it, and but that book is really racy, and it's so explicit, and uh, it's pretty brave on a lot of levels. And I think that's sort of what turned a lot of people either away from her or devoted them to her. It was kind of like it was a very intense thing. So the sex book, I think, was just I don't know. That that was almost about the time of Truth or Dare, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. 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 So it was a little bit like. Um, I think it was even after, just just after. Just after? Just after. So truth or dare. So do you have this sort of, who would you say is your gay icon now? It's a, is it Gaga? Is it um, Madonna still? I like, I mean, I I like Lady Gaga to a, in a sense. Like mm-hmm. I get, I kind of understand it, but I don't really know if I have a real gay icon mm-hmm. for me personally. I always feel like for me, I'm, 
like super latent in the whole like I'm just now starting to come into like the gay community or feeling mm-hmm. a part of something. Right, right. And it's because it's I just recently came out to my father. Oh, what was that like? That was um, interesting. We've had, you know, my family's had some difficulties. And so he was, um, you know, talking to me about some personal things. And I kind of told him, I was like, you know what, dad? It's like, I know that you've not been honest with me about some things. And I don't expect, it's like, that's unfair of me to put that judgment on you when I haven't been honest Mm -hmm. about myself. And I was like, you know, I'm gay, right? He just kind of went, no. <laughs> he didn't know. <laughs> like, he didn't know. Uh-huh. But then like, he kind of looked at me for a minute and he was just like, well, I've, I've kind of thought it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. he asked me how my fish were doing in my fish tank and said he had to go buy printer ink. And that was the end of the conversation. Oh, no way. And he, he kind of like took off. Yeah, he was. I mean, he gave me a hug and he still was like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're my son. He's yeah. Like, he was, it's going to take me a minute to get used to it. But he's kind of the last person in my family that, I kind of came out too. Mm. And how has the rest of your family dealt with it? How how are they? I mean, it's like I know that you're from Peachtree City. And right. how are your fish? Um, they're <laughs> actually all dead. So oh no! <laughs> they, they couldn't handle it, so they just clocked out. But my my I actually to I was doing a stand up show in Milledgeville, Georgia, where I went to school, uh-huh. and I started doing stand up at this little coffee shop. And it was one of those things that I told a couple of my friends, and I was like, you know what? I'm doing a show tonight. I'm just going to say it on stage in front of all these people. And I did. I said it. I kind of wrote this dumb little joke and I told everyone I was gay and like the room went silent and I just kind of moved right on and finished my set. And then after that, I called my mother and I told her, I was like, just so you know, I just did this and I want you to know. And she got upset, um, but she was just like, you know, I always love you. She's like, I just know things are going to be a little bit more difficult for you. In some aspects of life. Yes, but yes and no. I mean, right. that's what people say. But um, as you get older, you kind of go, you know, it's not that. It's really not, it's that, not bad. that bad. And the thing is, you're not going to change it. Right. So let's all accept it. And, and, you know, as long as you guys accept it, then fuck everything else. Yeah. Whatever's good. Because you know what? Life is good and bad for everyone. Right. Oh, and yeah. there is a truth to it. It is going to be kind of shitty, whatever, because some people are just automatically going to be assholes about it. But fucking, if your family's cool with it, then that it doesn't matter for anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I, hard I enough agree. to just be alive, I think. It's, it's, it's hard. I finally, it was like, when I came out, I told my friend, I was like, this is the first day of the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, really? And so it was... I've been nothing but through like my friends and the people I've met. Um, I've had, I've not had any negative reaction or anything. Ooh. Like I haven't lost. I've, Cause you know, in my head when I like, before I was doing like about to come out, I was, you run like the worst case scenario of like, <laughs> like, Oh my God, like every, I'm going to have no friends and everyone's going to hate me. But that was the complete polar opposite. But did you experience. have that uh, ideation because of where you are brought up or because you had actual fears about, I mean, it's like what, to what extent does that your upbringing and where you're from inform what you feel about what being gay is going to be like? I think a lot of it was from like living in the South in a town of like a lot of people are Baptist or like, it's very Christian city and it's in Peachtree city Mm -hmm. and it's where it's just for people that don't know, it's very white. Oh yeah. yeah. Very upper middle class. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've been it's living there. I'd lived there for two years when I when I first started doing Drop Dead Diva, and then um, yeah, we all decided. All the girls and I decided to just up just just like get apartments in the city in Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were like, uh, we're, just, we're not going to fucking live there because at, at that point, me and Kate Levering and April Bullby and Jackson um, um, Hurst were all living in the same building in 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 Peachtree City, and we just were like. Oh, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like, because we, the extent of like us just getting fucked up, we were drinking so much. We had nothing to do. <laughs> There's really nothing and to do. We were like, we're not, we're not being productive in our life. We, you know, we're just, you know, here for this job. And, you know, of course it was the right thing. So, so we all moved to Atlanta and then, you know, um, it did, you know, cleaned up in, in various degrees and those all the, 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 those guys are so much better than me. But, um, you know, Peachtree City, it's so clean cut that it makes you kind of do dirty things. It does. <laughs> just, just to balance out. Being to balance yeah. out. The, the, because it's so conservative. It's so clean cut. It's so like um, there's more uh, 
paths for golf carts than there are for cars. Yes. So it's like really that kind of kind of place you bring your kids to school in a golf cart. Mm-hmm. Do your family have a golf cart? We do have a golf cart. <laughs> can you drive it? You can drive it. You have to be like 15 with like a learner's permit or something to drive it. Mm-hmm. And that's you can get a DUI on a golf cart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's no gay bar. No. Um, except for, you know, what, what, what the only time that there, somebody told me that there's two places that the gay people go there. Home Depot. Yes. Um, <laughs> Home Depot it's in true. the lumber aisle. Supposedly yeah. there's a lot of cruising there that happens. Seriously. Like guys will go back there, you know, they'll like make eye contact and then they'll go and they'll move their, the child's seat to the, have a bit of sex in the minivan. And then the other place is a place in, um, Sen- I don't know if it's Sonoya or whatever, but it's, it's, in a, it's, a, it's a, some sort of a bar where all the gay people have agreed to go there. Is it Ironworks? I have no idea. Or something. But it's a bar where everybody's agreed, all the gay like, guys. This is going to be our bar. Oh, this is going to be our bar. This is where we go. And so I called them and I said, is this a gay bar? And they go, um... It sure isn't, ma'am. I'm sorry. And then yeah. I go, I go. No, I mean, I know it's not a gay bar, but this is the, all the place where all the gays have agreed to go, it's like the isn't unofficial. it? No, I, 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 I'm sorry to tell you that that's not true. I don't know who is spreading <laughs> that kind of information about um, our, our, our bar, but that that's just not the case. And and you know, and you knew that it was true, but it just they just wouldn't couldn't could, say it. Couldn't say it out loud. But I'm like, why is it shameful? Like it's like there's going to be a raid. Yeah. Like it's going to be Stonewall or something. It was like, really like Stonewall. Like, like Oscar Wilde's going to be taken out in, in <laughs> handcuffs. Oh, God. And locked up in Reading Jail with a G. <laughs> it's God. so sad. But I mean, that's the kind of, you know, community kind of that you're you're growing up in. So Where it was like cool to be in youth group. Like you. you what is of, that? It was like if in middle school, I remember... Like knowing I was gay or not really even knowing what gay was, but kind of knowing I was different or like not fitting in with conversations. But everyone was like, it was cool to go to like Wednesday night youth group at church. Mm-hmm. And it was very like very religion was just like super inundated into people's yeah. heads, which my family wasn't. They were kind of like, yeah, we kind of go whenever we're a very Easter Christmas type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right. Um, but it's just, I think it's a Southern... Thing. To make the Christianity around around the young people like a cool thing. Yeah, it was very strange. Andrew was talking to us the the other night. We were backstage. You were on stage, and it was Andrew, myself, Ian Aber, and Garrison Starr, and we were talking about Halloween because uh, Garrison goes to the haunted hayride every year out in oh, Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Andrew was talking about some of the hell houses. Oh, it's I've like never a been huge to them. Thing. Yes, I've seen the documentary about them, but I've never been. Have you been to one? No, but I, you've I've been heard about to it. some, right? You've been, and it's it was like, a great story. It was like they have these. They rent trailers, like double wide trailers that mm-hmm. you go in, and it's like different things of hell. Mm-hmm. And I know, like in the documentary, they were just like they they decorate them. It's just like this pentagram is the wrong color. And it's turned wrong. So it's like, we talked to a Wiccan last year and this pentagram needs to be flipped. Like, they're very particular (laughs) about their... (gasps) Like, they had to have the devil eye for the straight guy. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Excuse me. We need the Satan worshiper (laughs) in here. An expert. But then they want to... There's a room afterwards and they want to, like, pray with you. Uh Uh-huh. Which you can skip it if you want. But they're very, like... They like to touch you. Yeah. Southern Baptists are always like, you can pray for me all you want, just please don't touch me. That's freaky, though. It's just so weird, and then they talk in tongues. Sometimes. Yeah, that's weird, that's weird. But what is the hell, how, like, what is it like when you go through it? What is it actually, like, what are the rooms like? There's, like, one, it's like some girl just had an abortion, and she's, like, crying mm-hmm. and screaming, and then there's, like, another trailer has, like, the gay sodomy. Like, Oh, no, hot. Go, like, Which, wait, 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 yeah, what does it look like? like? What does it look like? It's just, like... Or someone would like, they'd be like, I had gay sex and I'm dying of AIDS, like in a hospital <laughs> bed. Oh and just God. like, it's just, hospital like bed. it's just like, what? And oh then like next God. to him is like the girl that had the abortion and you're just like, what is going on? Oh my God. It's just so, but then there's people that are like in tears. It's like the whole fear of it Quit all. Quit crying watching it? Like crying watching it. it because it's, it's so poor, true it's, to them. To them, it's like... And then there's people at the end of it that are like, we're saving lives from doing... And it's just like... 
Because they believe that they're going to go to hell if they're if they participate in what gay sex or abortion or or some sort of autonomy. Or have a join to a whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's anything that they think that they're doing that they've like deemed taboo for the next how many years. Yeah, you know I mean, how many people go to that though for the other reason of like how fucking ridiculous like is my this, friends this? yeah my yeah. friends are yeah. like i mean i would go just because it's funny you just get more gay people going to it right because they're like yeah. how fucking stupid like, is oh this shit? i know well just to like the, the that documentary the most of the people watching it i mean it's a big documentary but most people watching were watching because they're making fun of it right right yeah 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 you know because they just couldn't believe how stupid it was but i mean it's like the, the thing about it is that it's so um it must be so hard to grow up in an environment like that where you're being told all these things about you are potentially going to send you to hell. Right. And that's a really, that's a really horrible thing to damn somebody to eternity because of what they feel inside or what they want to control about their bodies or themselves. It's like so horrible. And especially I think for me, I'm kind of at this weird generation of like, I remember getting a computer at home Mm -hmm. and like, I remember like, I didn't have a smart, like you couldn't get online on your telephone. So like I didn't, I couldn't mm-hmm. ask Siri, like what, is, yeah. what, is, what does this mean? <laughs> like there's nowhere you could go. And it's like, I couldn't yeah. go to the library and start looking up like no. gay books before like an, a librarian's going to call. But when like, did you start to realize yeah, that right? you, they know everyone. Know. They yeah. could, they could, um, you get up here right quick because <laughs> Andrew's in that Andrew section. Asked, yeah, Andrew <laughs> asked us a question in health class about <laughs> penises and buttholes. And we were just kind of concerned about him. <laughs> it's like, you don't <laughs> like you can't, you know, like, who are you going to ask? Like your preacher? Or I, don't I know. Even, when, did, like, when did you confusing. start feeling like you were like, um, I think I might not be like, Everybody here. I would say like middle school. Then you started to sort of realize. Just kind of realize like things are, and that's when like the names, I would get called gay a lot. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't understand why everyone. And I remember I was running for like class office and people were like, no one's going to vote for you because everyone thinks you're gay. Mm. I remember that being like said to me, that's which terrible. was great because senior year I fucking ran for class president and I got voted. Yeah, I was well, like, good. that's what's up, bitches. <laughs> that's good for you. Full circle. It's well, that's the thing is that it, it is weird how kids really do know. Like I, I think like I sort of, I mean, I'm bisexual, but I very much read as lesbian when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of problems in school and that they would say like, people would say, Oh, she's a dyke. She's a dyke. And then I, 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 I didn't even, I think it s- sort of took people saying it for me to even know that I was. And then the irony of it is like actually, I'm not only that, I'm much more than that, but the weirdness of being sort of excluded from child society because of what is your sexuality is really tough, you know? And um, it's, I mean, I I always feel like really bad for gay kids because like, like this, the kids are the worst. It's it's like the bullying of other kids. How do we endure it? I don't know how we get by. I don't know. It was like, I just... Cause I never had like a group of guy friends. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until college that I finally had like a group of male friends that mm-hmm. was just like, Oh cool. This is what it must feel like to be like yeah. one of the dudes. Well, it was hard for me to have female friends when I was um, younger because the girls didn't trust me because they sort of had like somebody had started a rumor that I tried to kiss another girl. And that made me really mad because it's like, look, if I'm going to kiss a girl, I'm not going to kiss you. Right. So don't fucking start that rumor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that really, really made me mad. But then being mad just made me seem more dikey. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, but girls were like afraid to be alone with me because mm-hmm. I was like a predator or some kind of dikey predator. And so um, whatever, for whatever reason, I became very, very um, connected to men. Like I became very comfortable with hanging out with guys and, and that's sort of my reality now is that most of my friends are guys and I have a lot of straight guy friends too, like really close. Like, but there, there's, there's sort of a history to that because women were so, or younger girls were so afraid of my gayness when I was a little girl. And I think too, like, it's kind of the exact opposite for me. Like I had a bunch of girlfriends, Mm -hmm. a ton of girlfriends. And I don't know if I always find it interesting when like men call like straight men call other straight men like gay. Like that's like the ultimate insult for somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think it has a lot to do with like them. Like that's the only thing I can get you on mm-hmm. is because like either they're like prettier or like, well more built or have like something 
that the person, how do I phrase this? The person that's calling someone gay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the one at the end of the attack has something that the other one desires. Right. A quality that they desire. Right. And they see women flocking to the other person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like when I came out, people stopped calling me names because they're like, oh, well, he's no longer like a threat or like, right. he's no, oh, okay, we get mm-hmm. it. He has all these girlfriends because of this. Right. It's no longer like a competition. Mm-hmm. It seems like, it seems like, especially for, and I don't know as much now, but like when I was in high school, the younger uh, guys, gay is the catch-all for anything weird or strange mm-hmm. or that th- th- they just don't understand. Right. I was called gay, queer, the other one all the time in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, but it's just, and they and it wasn't even a sexual component. It was just like, that's what we'll call you because you're just different. Mm-hmm. And they don't know. But then when it do- when they probably get older, they use gay like, well, he's gay. He's gay right. because mm-hmm. that's their put down. Like he couldn't possibly be anything but right. a gay man, a gay guy or whatever. So yeah, once you sort of take that away from them. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like, now what? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I am out. gay. I am yeah. gay. So fucking yeah. hello. But anybody who is a thoughtful or sensitive or poetic or thinks about things, they always get like labeled as gay and actually you know you want to be called gay I've, you it's know it's almost a compliment it's now. actually better to be called gay <laughs> if you're like, not oh, called gay in school and and sort of what, what you were saying too about the one that yeah uh, you know like that started the thing about you tried to kiss or kiss her like mm-hmm. it's always somebody that's like i'm not interested in you anyway oh, it, they're the ones who always seem to have the biggest issue right like it's like no it's like the straight guys that don't want to be around the gay guys like mm-hmm. you ain't got nothing to worry about because you're not the object <laughs> oh of like, honey, i'm not looking at you and from what andrew and ian were talking about last night about the there, there are some straight guys though that want to be so show you how how cool they are <laughs> that they'll go above and beyond like the guys that you said were doing yeah. inappropriate things Look, i've had like comics sometimes they'll just like kind of like grab my crotch why like straight men they're like huh and they just like go in for the crotch grab. And I'm just like, whoa. Because it's like, if I did that to you, it would automatically be weird. Yeah. That's not you know? nice. Why yeah. would it's just like, 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 how about uh, a handshake and a hug and a how are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, but, it, but it's also not like, oh, I'm putting you at ease. I'm so cool with your sexuality. I'll grab your dick. It's somehow like I can still be uh, aggressive towards you. Hmm. And you'll just take it because, well, you'll enjoy it anyway because you're gay. Right. Right. They're just trying it's to rude. like assert themselves over you or hold power. It's so over rude, you. though. I mean, it's really, really invasive. Somebody just like get in your space like Could that. Could you imagine? I wouldn't grab anyone anywhere. I would never. Anyone of any of personage. Any. Whoa. I would not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, you would. Well, I would, but I mean, I would because... I just, I just realized oh, that you man. have. I have, but that's different. I mean, I have because only just because. But, <laughs> you know... It's, it's not the same thing. It's not really the same thing. thing. If I have, but only because it's really warranted, and it's really... They, they, they won't stop asking me to do it. <laughs> or, they were, or they were taking your order. Or they say, "Oh, well, that that oh, this is what happened." Um, I, I think that, we've talked about this. I, on the we show, talked about this. We? On the yeah, show. Yeah. Um, I was so high. Um, this is one of the last times I saw. Uh, I was taking these really fucked up drugs. Um, um, I, I don't know what they're called, like Roxycontin. They're like um, the OxyContin without uh, the acetaminophen. So they get, get like a lot of opiates. It's a very very southern thing, but people don't realize it's heroin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just heroin, and it makes you crazy. And so I was so high, and um, I uh, put my. Um, do you know Seth? He works there. He works on yes, this. Yes, yeah, I he's know Seth. beautiful guy. Yes. guy. But this was like three or four years ago. So Seth was just maybe twenty, nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I put my hand on his cock and balls, like under his apron, in his pants, in his underwear, and like I put it, I put it on his cock and balls, and then it was like it was like a. New ball smell. Smell like plastic. (laughs) But he was just, all he was doing was taking my order. And then he was so sweet about it. Then I thought, then I thought he thought that he had to ask me out or something. I'm like, baby, I'm like 30 (laughs) years older than you. 
See, I'm surprised he's never told me that. Like, that's almost like... Oh, he hasn't told you that? No. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. Remind that's him. Like, that's like um, the I fucked Madonna. Yeah, it's like... It's the kind I of like... Madonna. It's, it's coming. It's, it's just maybe going to be another year or two. <laughs> but I felt so bad, and I always apologize. Um, and I always say that's kind of why I don't do crazy drugs like that, because I just have no control <laughs> over myself like well, i didn't know a, it's I was... a weird place to do it though i mean it, 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 there are contextual places where that works but how can i take your order <sighs> i just <sighs> grabbed it <laughs> you just but you um, just really reached can i have the dressing on the work. side <laughs> but i mean i was ordering and it had no 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 context there was no context it's like this is part of your tip, it was like by there the was way. yeah there was no reason for it to happen. That's why, that's why those drugs are a problem because you justify everything with those drugs. But, I mean, to me, it was sexually invasive. It was a, he didn't mind. No, no. I think he got hard. But at the same time, that's not the point. <laughs> I don't care who's hard. I made a mistake. You, you invaded his personal space. I totally space. forgot about that. But I mean, it's really <laughs> rude. <laughs> it what a horrible thing for me to do. What if I was a man? That would be completely improper. It would be, I would be be in jail. If I was a man, that would be so wrong. So, I mean, if I was a man doing that to a woman, that would be so awful. I mean, he welcomed it. Or you'd be the mayor of San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But he was, he was, he didn't suffer. I don't think. Yeah, I I mean, where is there a victimless crime? That one, maybe? Well, the victim is me for um, taking those drugs and being out of control of my body and not knowing what I was doing, and then harassing somebody else physically, you know, applying my body to somebody else's is not good without consent. That's not right. The only thing that saves me is the circumstance, is that I'm a woman, and he's a young man, and he um, is not offended by my gesture, and, you know, it was okay, but it's not okay. None of that is okay. Right. You know, so, it, it, you know, there, there's a bunch of things that, that make me question myself. And that's one of those things that's like where I was like, I got to ease back. It's a slow my roll. It's okay. On drugs. But I can't believe he didn't tell you. No. I'll have to ask him about it next You have time. to ask him about it. Oh, well. maybe, maybe you just dreamed it. I might have dreamed it. Maybe you should <laughs> just so high. It never happened. I, had, I was so high that I had a good gay dream about it. He's <laughs> a sweetie, though. He is very sweet. And it was like new ball smell. It was like... Because like. he wasn't even 21. It's not like plastic. But I did. I smelled my hand after. And he just, he was just like, looked at me like, like so innocent. <laughs> like, and I felt so on? horrible. Just shot, I'm an old hag. It's I'm okay. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, I didn't, it's probably like he didn't wake up and was like, you know what? Margaret Cho's going to grab my junk today. He wasn't bummed about it. And uh, he, um, he It's flattering to some degree I yeah. guess so He accepted all the apologies But I, I'll never <laughs> accept my own apology I'm disgusted Aww. Have you ever grabbed anybody's junk? Um, no When it's not appropriate But in an inappropriate situation? I don't think I have It's not something that really I mean, happens It's a bit sort of no, I've you never guys, yeah, improper. You guys would never. You guys are so lovely. You it's not like that. a locker room thing. No, I mean, never. I've never done. I've never really. That was the only time, actually. I think I've done it. I mean, I've done, I'm sure I've done it before and after for some reason, but it, it, well, that was more in context. That was the only time that was actually like fully out of context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some times when somebody's waiting. Like, when is my shit gonna get grabbed? <laughs> I've touched boobs before, uh-huh. but usually it's kind of like, "Oh my god, can I touch your boobs?" Like, there's usually okay. a question, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, cool." Is uh, do you, is something I do, that I don't. Is it okay experience. because you're a gay man? Like, they're like, "Oh, t- honey, sure." I think well, because it's not like a sexual thing that I'm like. Yeah, it's more of a. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is interesting because I've never like really sexually experienced that. I'm like, how do these work see. here? Wow. Boobs are nice, beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Breasts I, are beautiful. I, I appreciate it. But that's the one thing, too, because we've had so many great comics on from this area, Brent Starr and Gay Bob, mm-hmm. and both of them had to go through those, those periods of, well, 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 Bob got married, mm-hmm. right. and Brent was like, oh, I can't be gay because of, the, because right. of the, the, such the religious pressure. But you, right. did you ever have that? 
Like th- that's I think that's part of the evolution mm-hmm. of everything, though. That there isn't maybe the 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 forced pressure of like, well, why don't you try women for a bit? Maybe I don't know. Did you ever go out with girls? I loosely <laughs> in this sense, <laughs> like, but, not, but not, there wasn't the same pressure like those the, those guys had on them. Well, it's like I, tr- I mean, I saw all my friends. They're like dating girls, and so mm-hmm. it's like I dated like my friend Jen in like middle school, mm-hmm. and then I was just like, this is weird, like hmm. strange. Well, they're older than you too, so it's almost a different generation. That's what I mean. Right? It's you sort know? of like in, uh, like it's it's really gotten so much better mm-hmm. in those ways that, that there isn't like you don't feel like oh I know, but I have to like. I have to live this lie for a little bit. Yeah. But I'm like, I guess I'm a gold star gay. I've never been with a woman. Oh, gold star. Gold star. Ding. Never been with a woman. <laughs> Ding. Wow. That's what they call a gold star gay is if you've never sullied your gold, your gold yeah. with silver, <laughs> bronze. <laughs> or pewter. <laughs> pewter. Pewter. No, but I've it's never. good for you. Good for you. But I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's gotta be hard. I, I always, I, I always think about like, that's crazy that gay Bob was married to a woman. Cause he's so gay. <laughs> I know when you, but when you, when you Bob. meet God, you Bob and you have to hang out, but, but there is a very Southern thing about that mm-hmm. too. With the, with the, even those women with that very gay seeming husband, where you're like, yeah, there's, there's something up here. It's like, Girl. and eventually you find out that well, he he's just gay and he does his thing, and they that and some of them they stayed married. Yeah, and I know a couple Ooh. of like I guess older gay men that like have children and were married. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, yeah. I know that too. I know, I know guys like that. I knew plenty yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. really great. But I've never, I've never. I still get sometimes people are like, well, you should, how do you know you haven't tried it? Like you haven't tried pussy, how do you not know that you don't? <laughs> that you don't like it. I'm like, it's not a green bean. It's not like I a mean, bro- it's not like a broccoli sprout. You know, it's not like. You sure you just haven't tried it? Yeah, it's way more depth. De- How'd you prepare it? You're not doing it right. not doing it right. It's too salty. It's too salty. That was the greatest riff last night. Oh it's crazy. It's that amazing. salt, salty. There's too much salt in it. That those people were annoying. That those, last night's show. Those there was women a group would of not women. shut the fuck up. They were looking for you after you left. Too. Oh god. She's like, is she back there? And I was like, no. The one, the seventy forty. Yeah. 70, oh 30. yeah. Well, they they wouldn't shut up, and then like crazy. the guys in front were getting mad, and then you know it's 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 annoying. Like when you know they're funny and stuff, and it's fine, but then it's a it's a burden to the rest of the crowd because mm-hmm. the crowd are just they want to see oh, Brent Star. He can't what? He can't drive in Spider-Man outfit. Oh, he's in oh sp- so he's going to change? Oh, he's dressed up. Well, he's, he's, um, he's already changed, but he's on his way. Oh, okay. But he can't drive. He didn't want us to be disappointed. Oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> hey, we'll take Brent Stone, however we get Brent Stone. He's on his way. He's in, he's in a walkabout. He's in a walkabout. So you didn't, you didn't, but there was no pressure from your family or anything like that? No, I mean, I still get, like, my grandmother. She's like, so you dating anybody? And I'm like, no, Grammy, I'm not dating mm-hmm. anybody. Is she, does she know? Is she cool? Is she um, I've on not the cusp of being them, cool? But oh. I've, I've not, I guess them, I haven't really come out to. I mean, I, I see them sporadically, and it's just kind of one of those things that, I mean, we, we haven't had the conversation or opportune time. It's uh-huh. never been, like, I guess our relationship isn't in the sense that, I feel like they need to know. Not that I'm hiding it from them. I just don't know how they would handle. How old? Like what kind of? They're late 70s. Hmm. Early 80s, maybe. Wow. Real religious? They're Methodist. Um, They go to Sunday school, um, which is hilarious. But because it's a bunch of old people. Mm -hmm. They took me to Sunday school once. Yeah. With them. It's just a bunch of old people like that can't hear each other. (laughs) <laughs> that you're being introduced to, but I yeah, bet, I, haven't, I, haven't I bet you to they'd be okay eventually. I think they would. I mm-hmm. think it'd be fine. Yeah, but I mean, you're such a you're such a darling. I mean, you oh. know, you're gonna charm everyone. Well, thanks. Girl. And have your fa- have your family been able to see you do stand up comedy? They have not. Not yet. They've never. My mom is hesitant because she's like, I don't want my image of my baby to change. My dad really wants to see it. Uh-huh. That's he's the one that I'm kind of like. Well, I don't know. Um, but they they are very supportive of it. But, That's good. Um, 
That's good. They still don't believe. Like I was telling Jet, and I was like, "Yeah, they, I told my where, mom, where are you really today?" She's like, "Where are you going?" I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this podcast um, with Margaret Cho, Jim Short." She's like, "You're going on a date with somebody." Like she what? didn't believe. Why she wouldn't didn't she believe me? But <laughs> it's just like, why oh. would she just? I don't know. She's. Just, I, don't, I don't think they get what I do necessarily. They're like, yeah. "Oh, you do stand up," but they don't understand kind of. But why would you? Why would you lie? About being with us. I don't know. I think she's just being cute about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the thing. She just doesn't. She just doesn't know. We well, can ever listen. You. Yeah, you can ever listen and so, proof. Well, see, see, mom, I did it. See, I told you. We were talking. We were talking because we think you're really funny, and you know, I think um, it's brave what you're doing, and also I think that you um, have a lot to say. I think it's it's got to be hard to start out straight out of Peachtree. But yeah. you know it'll be worth it. Um, who are the people that you go see? Like, do you work? You you serve at the club a lot. You're at the skull a lot. Who do yeah, you go I see? Ha- I hang out. Um, I've seen. I just did the residency that they do not mm-hmm. too long ago, and mm-hmm. so I've. Um, Todd Glass mm-hmm. was one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and also Greg Proops. I oh, really, Proops is brilliant. Really, he's a brilliant, really a Well, I. I grew up with him. We grew up with him. He has a very special place. He is my, um, if I could sort of pick a sort of a comedy father, he would, he would definitely be a comedy father. Um, I was on the road with him when I was 17 years old and he would like hide me away in his hotel room. So like all the gross headliners wouldn't hit on me. (laughs) Wow. And he would like show me pictures of like, baseball games from the 1930s like he would just try to like get me to like enjoy baseball and he he would like smoke pot with me but he was very um protective because you know i was like sex like sexy 17 year old you know kind of like uh you know like it's amazing that somebody would take that time to protect a young girl so that i wouldn't get discouraged from comedy because he could see that like you know, if she gets hit on enough, she's going to like not want to be around comedy, but she's really good. So I want to make sure that she is safe to some degree, um, but also learns about baseball. Of course. <laughs> he also likes old movies, like Turner yeah. Classic movies. Yeah. Yes. He loves old movies. Yeah. Loves it. He loves um, ACDC. Mm-hmm. He has funny, interesting taste. Um, he is a fun man uh, and a beautiful man. Um, but somebody that I respect so tremendously as a comedian and as a person and as a father figure. And now that I look back on all the things that he did do for me, I'm, I'm in, in, in great, grateful in a way that I, I don't even know how to repay that. Every once in a while, I'll get a gift from him. Like he sent me a box of um, Fran Lebowitz books. <laughs> <laughs> signed. Like a, nice, awesome. like a nice big case of them, like a really sweet, like signed um, really beautiful gift and just thinking of you because he's such a he's such a kind such lovely a kind man lovely man he gave me a joint oh he did he did he was like because I drove him around uh-huh and he just like reached in and pulled out this joint he goes this is for you kitten and it's oh, a good impression of him dropped, dropped him off at his hotel and it's it was like kitten. thanks Greg. oh that's really it was, like, sweet. the sweetest moment kitten is a special name you don't get kitten I know I was like it was just very nice because, you know, sometimes headliners will come through and they'll do their thing, leave. But it's very nice when someone will sit down and, like, speak with you. He's very special. Very, very kind man. Um, I gave him once, I gave him a medallion made out of hash. <laughs> and it was like a, it was like a ohm symbol. And it mm. was like a heart. And it was like on like a leather sort of a thong. And I said, look, I don't want you to wear this. And it's not jewelry. but you're going to have to take it from here and he was like what what is it because he couldn't figure it out at first and then he finally was like oh and then months later i would get texts for like i'm still i love your gift like you could tell he had gotten high from the gift and he was happy so it took him like several months and i uh, i said don't take it on a plane don't take it you know, I kind of gave him some hints about what ah, it was, but yeah, I never yeah, yeah. actually said because he just thought that I was giving him some fucked up necklace. And I'm like, Which no. he's not going to wear. No, he's not no. going to wear. I go, no, it's not jewelry. It's not jewelry. It's not jewelry. But he's really one of the guys that I'm like, 
I'm really grateful to him as a, you know, a sort of a father, father figure and for his amazing ability. Um, you know, he just gives me faith in dudes and comedy. And Yes. When did you meet him? 1991. He's lovely. Uh, you know what? It's probably about the same time I met you. Mm-hmm. I went to... It's when I was visiting San Francisco, staying at Kevin Kataoka's house. And I had arranged through Tom Kenny to go see uh, Gulthwaite mm-hmm. at the Walnut Creek Performing Arts Center. And mm-hmm. they'd left my name on the door, and Greg was uh, opening. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a host, and maybe Greg was the middle. It was a concert. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I thought, well, let me see if I can just go backstage. And like, oh, yeah, they're waiting for you backstage. Mm-hmm. So I went back and talked to Greg, and he was great. And then, then Greg came to Dallas in October of that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took him about uh, to, there was this really great place. I'm trying to remember what it was called. This great place that sold uh, rockabilly clothes. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like, you know, we've talked about nudie suits and stuff yeah. like that. Not like that, but, you know, the musical sort of like that Western kind of jackets with the, with the designs and piping on them. Right, right. I took Tom Kenny there and I took Greg there. And I think Greg bought a, like a big sort of trench coat. Sort of Teddy Boy type coat. Mm, I love that. He bought something like that. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I also took him to the Dealey Plaza, to the to Kennedy assassination. Oh, wow. oh, wow. And I think I took him... Oh, yeah, we went to the Big Audio Dynamite concert. Oh, because wow. Because the guys from uh, the band recognized Greg yeah. from UK TV. Yeah. And that's when he was backstage with Mick Jones of The Clash. Mm-hmm. And Mick Jones came up to him and said, haven't I seen you on the telly? <laughs> Which was pretty cool. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, I know, I know. Proops adores Jim. He's, you know, he, he, he's, you know, he's just very, very effusive about Jim and very sweet. And you know, we just love Proops. I mean, he's such, he's such an icon for me, and such a sort of a father figure for San Francisco comedians, and also for whatever is considered alternative mm-hmm. right. comedy. But I have such a a great affection and love. So, good taste. Who else do you go see there? Um, I've seen Maria Bamford there. Oh, she's great. Brilliant. And I was surprised because she gets so nervous. Yes, she does. And it's like, everyone loves her. I I mean, they're there to see her. And she'll be like in the green room. She's just like, I don't know if I want to do the new bit about whatever. I love her. And everyone's just like, just do it. I love her so much. And she's so sweet, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so pretty. Yes. And just so different and weird. She's just yeah. such a strange bird, but like, you're she's so weird. She's just very... I, I love her. I admire her a lot. And I like Jackie, too. Mm-hmm. She opens for her a lot. Yeah. Jackie Kishan. She was really... She's sweet. Really awesome. I actually saw... It was funny, because I, I met her um, at the Skull. And then, like, a couple days later, I saw a post on Reddit mm-hmm. about her. And it was just like, she is so underrated. Like, I don't know why I don't see more of her. She's like really is what special. the post was, and I thought she was amazing. She's really hysterical. She um, talks about the bearded youth movement, which I was like, "Girl, you got that right." <laughs> she's no, she's great. Who do who, who? Well, I mean, who are your who? Why? Um, who do you see, like comedian wise? And you're like, ah, that's why I started. Like when I watch comic, like for me, like the people, like I would say the people that are like my like sort of ground zero or whatever. I hate that term, but um, I think probably. Joan Rivers. Okay. Um, and then later on, when I became more sophisticated, um, Bill Hicks. Mm-hmm. Um, um, nowadays, I don't even know um, who makes me just crazy. I don't know. Jim Short. Amazing. Um, very few people. I don't, I don't know who, who would be my sort of I remember holy seeing, grail. Like when I, I guess kind of thought maybe like, oh, I could do that or... I saw um, Lewis Black, which oh, I know is kind he's of a, great. Um, and he just his intensity and the yeah. way he yeah. does his like the finger <laughs> movement that he does. I just thought that was very interesting. And I was like, okay. And then I remember seeing like YouTube videos of you. Mm. I really and I was just like, okay, she's got she's talking about things that I can kind of relate to. Mm. And I was just like, okay, like so I'm gonna give this a shot. And that's great. I did, and it was a weird. The first open mic I ever did was in Macon, Georgia. Mm. And Jared Harris. Of course, I know Jared. Yeah, I like Jared. He's great. He's funny. for Tim Northern. I didn't know him. He's from Kentucky, right? Mm -hmm. Kentucky? I think 
weeks. So I've worked with Tim. And it was just mm. one of those weird things. The stars kind of aligned. He, I mean, I wore this like little cardigan and like skinny jeans and had these big glasses on. And Jared was just like, I like you. And mm-hmm. told me to come up. He was doing a room in Atlanta. And that's, do you know, Gilbert Lawland? Of course. Um, and met him. And then I just, from there, I just started doing more and more and more. And I've been hooked ever since. Gilbert's nice. And um, it's a great community that we have in Atlanta. It is, it is great. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's rather small. So it's not yeah. a lot of you guys, but the, there's certainly a, a great um, enthusiasm for it. Mm-hmm. You know, do you do you work at the skull or are you just there? No, I'm just there. You just go. I just hang out. I love I love to watch just because. That's good. You can, you know, learn. Well, from people. you should because I mean that's the thing is like a lot of comics don't actually just watch comedy and that's what I would always do when I was younger is I would go see comedy because I love it and I still do you know. To some extent, whenever I can, I'll still go see. I mean, there's not people around now are not. I'm not as inspired as I was by the people that when I was younger, growing up to see. But there's still people that catch my eye. I like Paul Foot. Mm-hmm. We love this guy named Paul Foot, who's from England, who's really spectacular, and he's a friend of our podcast, and he's a friend of ours, and he's really special. Um, but it, it it it's sort of like you know, uh, rarer. I mean, I, I, I think I get more excited about rock and roll nowadays. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, I would always used to sort of have that about comedy too, like feelings about comedy comedians. And it's different from just watching like an online clip. No, like you have to different. see it in the flesh and you have to be there to and really feel it and feel it. And I think it's that I always like to watch who's ever on stage and then watch the audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too. I, I sometimes now I catch myself watching the audience more, yeah, than the comedian. Yeah, and it's always interesting just to see like voice inflection and just movement <laughs> about the reactions you get, and it's. And now the audience is going to be watching for you. Where can they tweet you at? Um, at original Markle. Okay. And that's my Twitter handle. That is um, your Twitter handle. Yes. And then do you Facebook? Give a I do Facebook. It's Andrew Markle and it's M-A-R-K-L-E. Is my and um, you, do you have a website? I don't. But then people on your social media can just contact you through there and talk to you and yeah, find definitely. out where your shows are. How yeah. often do you perform? Um, I get on stage probably, I would say, at least once, twice a week. Okay, good. That's pretty good. At least. Better than me. All right. I mean, for right now. I mean, I'm working more now, but, you know, it's like, yeah, just get out there. You're so funny, and you got to just get out there as much as you can. And I know that it's weird sort of being in Peachtree City, but there's got to be more, like, rooms to do. I mean, uh, I don't know. Is there, like, a bucket theater anymore? Does Gilbert's do that? Uh, like, anything like that? Yeah, they still do d- different things. And I Star Bar on Mondays? Star or? Bar Monday nights. Um, it's, it's, Star Bar's been really good recently. yeah. Um, Starbucks is down the street. It's like this sort of, it's like a music club, but they have comedy on Mondays. It's the mm-hmm. longest running open mic in the city. It's been yeah. going on for like 10 plus years. Yeah. And they're very, it's supposed to be real tough. It's supposed to be really like, oh, like bucket of blood or whatever. It's got like a reputation of being like a really tough, uh. whatever. Or like the, the guy that books it is really tough. What's yeah. the guy's name? Uh, Rodney. Rodney. He hosts karaoke at the Claremont too. He's a sweetie, He's like, but like I, I came in and like Rodney, like like I was like all like, oh, what about Rodney? Like it's like I don't know if Rodney's gonna like you. And then like as soon as he saw me, like Rodney like grabbed me and like took me downstairs and we smoked pot. And then I was so wasted and scared. <laughs> it can be a very frightening place <laughs> because I was so like worried and insecure that Rodney wasn't gonna like me. And then he grabbed me and like like took me downstairs and like smoked pot with me. And then I was just paranoid. <laughs> So then I was like, I don't know what to feel now. Like I was all like kind of in anticipation of this guy that I was supposed to be scared of. And then he immediately got me way high. (laughs) And then I didn't know what to feel. Like I don't know what to do now. Like I was supposed to be scared of you. And now you got me really high. So I I don't know what to do. It's like what a range of emotion. Yeah. I'm just now I'm really confused. Um, So you can um, you can see. Andrew, Andrew, you're sort of everywhere. You're, you're, if, you, if, you're, if you're lucky, you'll be able to see you on stand, uh, like in Standard Show here. Yep. But um, they will be able to see you, I'm sure, soon mm-hmm. um, on the national scene and television and movies. and If all goes well. Everything will go well. You're lovely. And we're so grateful to have you. Thanks for uh, 
being on our show on our podcast um i uh, am margaret cho you can you can tweet us tweet me at margaret cho where can they tweet you at jimmy shelter and they can tweet both of us at monsters of talk um, you can listen to us on soundcloud.com. You can listen to us on <laughs> iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes. We have plenty of amazing guests coming up. Um, we always have great guests. You're a fan of the show, aren't you? Oh, yes. So course. you listen a lot. So, You've you know. Great. And this has been a great conversation. And I, this has I want to just great. bring it back to kind of how we started Madonna. Mm. This is Madonna just a couple of days ago from when we were recording this. 55 years old, she just got a grill. Uh, what the fuck? I have the picture on my... That's why I looked it up really? on my phone. You can't see it that well, but uh, go go Google this. Madonna with what? a grill. Oh, my God. You're Miv Lohan. Like, what's... <laughs> it's real, like... She looks like she's, like... I mean, she didn't get a barbecue grill. She got, like, the gold teefs. Yeah. No, <laughs> teefs. Uh, she got the goldest teeth. Not, not like a... It's not like a George Foreman grill. It's, no, no, no. It's like a... It's like a Jaws from... James Bond, a view to a kill. We, yes. we, we've talked about a view to a kill a number of times, that character. But I figured um, that, that would bring it back to mm, where we started. Mouthful of silver. Girl. Mm. Back, to, back to Madonna. Back to the grill. I have one of those uh, grills, actually. I, I have a, a diamond sapphire one that was made, uh, um, I think it was Mr. Mr. Grill who made it online, and I had to do like a, a, an impression... Um, with the sort of dental wax thing. Um, but they had an online video to promote it. And then the guy that was making the mix, was his hand was so ashy. <laughs> it was Dr. Grill who made it. And his hand was incredibly ashy. And I really wanted to apply some, some lotion to his hand. But I had to pay attention to the, to the grill thing. And then I got it, and it's it didn't It's going to be fit. distracting, though. Well, when somebody's really ashy, you want to apply moisturizer to them. Yeah. Let me help you know, you. it's like a, if a person of color is ashy... I'm not going to let them just be ashy. I want to I wanna help. Let me help. Let me, let me help. Cocoa butter. But uh, I got, I got a, a Dr. Grill grill, and uh, it doesn't look like that. It, it doesn't fit very well. I never put it on. So it moves my teeth. It hurts. It's like a retainer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, we love our listeners. We will talk to you next time.